This is the KGEZ Good Morning Show with John Hendricks and Robin Mitchell. Now, Glacier Bank's Community Conversations. 15 minutes with one of Northwest Montana's newsmakers. Glacier Bank's totally free checking saves you both time and money. Visit your nearest Glacier Bank office today. There's a convenient location near you. Glacier Bank, member FDIC and an equal housing lender. And this morning, we welcome Congressman Matt Rosendale. Good morning, Matt. Gentlemen, how are you today? <laughs> We're doing pretty darn good. It's Friday, Freedom Day. We've worked hard all week for this day. Of course, we've been doing, because it was a, a holiday on Monday, we've all been doing four day, five days worth of work and four, right? But we were here on Monday That's, anyway. Yeah, we were here. So. Yeah, yeah. The mail has to go through, the audio mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is it? Whether it's snow, sleet. It's the shower of night. You guys are always doing what's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I guess so. The, uh, uh, you know, braving the black ice. We're here on time. Yeah. Matt, I'm sure All you're right. sick and tired of hearing this question, but we got to ask it because <laughs> uh, it's just so uncharacteristic of you to pull out of a fight. How come you decided not to run for the Senate? Okay, so guys, I will tell you right now, I am uh, reporting from my office up in Great Falls, so I have been directed very strict orders not to talk about political stuff uh, from this office. Oh. What I will tell you is that that it's, it's it's just it was all the circumstances that everybody could see right out there on full display, and I, I felt that it was in the best interest of the uh, the state and the party, and you know the the. It wasn't viable. Let's just put it that way. It just was not viable for me to go forward and rather make a big, bloody, long battle. Uh, I think it was in everybody's best interest for me not to pursue it. Uh, so the next question is, and I hope you can answer this uh, from your official office there, uh, are you going to stay in Congress? Uh, again, the, I, I'm, just, I'm not going into any of the political questions okay. right now, guys. If I, was, if I was not standing in this office, I could, but... I, I'm literally, I've got a batch of hits that I'm doing from the office this morning on all the issues that we're facing in Congress right now. Okay. That, you know, I thought that's really what we were going to be well, talking about today. Well, then let's talk about those things because you got a whole year left before you, uh, you know, decide what you're going to do next. We've uh, So what are we going to do here in the next 11 months? So we've got, first of all, this next two weeks, you're going to see a lot of, of uh, things going on that that are going to have long-term impact on, on what takes place. Let's begin with the Mayorkas impeachment. So the House of Representatives voted um, barely, but we did get enough votes together to um, impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of uh, Homeland Security. And now that has been transmitted to the Senate. The Senate is the body that would make the decision about whether to remove him or not. This just says that there's enough information that it has to be considered. The Senate has to perform the trial. We're already seeing maneuvering, unfortunately, by Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell to try and, and keep that from even coming to the Senate floor to be considered. And, and there's I mean, I'm not a constitutional attorney, okay, but it is my understanding in talking to the attorneys that are uh, within the House and the attorneys that are within the Senate that I, that I work with. They're both serving. 
that this would be a precedence like we have never seen before to actually have the the House of Representatives vote to impeach someone and for the Senate to not even bring it up and, and conduct the trial. And so we're trying to put as much pressure on the Senate to just maintain something that you hear me say all the time, proper order, and, and bring this thing up for consideration. If they have the votes to, to keep after they conduct the trial, uh, to, if there are enough votes to keep Alejandro Mayorkas from being removed, okay, that's, you know, that is the process. But they, they absolutely should be bringing this up to conduct the trial and consider it. I mean, it is in my opinion that the complete um, negligence that has been uh, perpetrated by Mayorkas, the, uh, the uh, ignoring of the law, the jeopardy that it has put our nation in, I, I just believe that he should be removed. I, I, I honestly believe that our southern border and the security that, that has been fractured as a, a direct result of it being wide open, that and, and this mounting debt that we see are the two largest threats to our sovereignty, to our country's sovereignty. And so I do believe that, that he should be removed. Okay, now, the, uh, you know, at the same time, the Senate presented a border bill that the uh, speaker will not even bring up for a vote. And that kind of is directly related to uh, Mayorkas being able to do his job, is it not? So isn't this kind of like a, a uh, I don't know, just like a tug of war or something that continues sure. to go on? And we're out here in the real world going, oh, come on, do something. Right, right. And Robin, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because... Because if people don't know what is contained within the legislation, what it actually does, and, and you just call it border security, then the you know common man on the street says, why wouldn't you pass it? The problem is twofold. Number one, that they tried to um, um, combine that with another, with several other pieces of legislation. What they did is they they tried to put forward what's called a supplemental bill. So it's outside of the regular spending that Congress was supposed to be doing, outside of the budget, although we haven't passed that either because I cannot get these people to pass the 12 appropriation bills. But that set aside, this would be an additional bill. And it was, it was a supplemental, and it was for uh, well over um, $100 billion, $100 billion. And it contained – I'm going to call it southern border spending – it also contained Israel spending, and it, it contained spending for Ukraine, $60 billion of it, by the way. So it's basically 60% of the entire bill was to send more money to Ukraine. It had Indo-Pacific to try and tamp down some of the things that China is doing. It had another $10 billion in there for humanitarian aid. It has come to my you know, belief that anytime they start saying humanitarian aid, unfortunately, that's a, like a big black hole that gives them the ability to spend the money wherever and however they choose, they being the administration. And so that's why uh, that wouldn't come forward, because it was contained within legislation that was, was a whole menu of different items, which, if you guys recall, a year ago, we fought so hard 
to get back to single subject legislation so that we wouldn't have to be addressing bills like that and, and voting for bad stuff just so you could get a little bit of a big uh, good thing. Also, that spending was not actually for security, Rob, and what it was is to build the vast majority of it was going to be used to build additional soft-sided structures that they have heat and air conditioning in so that they can contain illegals and then to uh, provide additional uh, social programs and, and financial support and aid to the illegals so that they could maintain uh, their presence there at the southern border instead of distributing them around the country. So that would do absolutely nothing towards staying off the, the flow of illegal immigrants into our country. I've been down there four times now, and CBP has told me time and time again, and I mean rank-and-file members, leadership when we have them off to the side so that they can't be, you know, get themselves into any trouble. We don't need more money. We don't need more officers. We need some of these policies to be implemented. And those policies, there's, it's a threefold thing. And, and, and that supplemental did nothing to address those policies. And that's why Speaker Johnson said he wouldn't bring it up. The policies are, number one, we have to reinstitute the Remain in Mexico um, policy that Trump put in place which simply says, and I, and I put it, I, I wrote a bill, separate bill, so that we could get this into law. If you come to our country and you're trying to claim asylum status from wherever you're coming from, you must remain in Mexico until you have a hearing to adjudicate that asylum status, to consider it and to make a decision on it. Right now, they're releasing people into our country as soon as they claim asylum status, and of course, Everybody is trained by the cartel. They're, they pay the cartel. That's their you know, delivery system. And they say, claim asylum, and you're going to be released into the country. And, and they're released into our country with a, a status that allows them to go anywhere they want to until their hearing date, which has been set out at now at this point six and eight years before it can even be considered. And, and there are many people that are actually – being given these these um, this status to allow them into the country, and they don't even give them a hearing date. Can you imagine? They don't even give them a hearing date. They say once we we get some of this this backlog, we'll give you a hearing date, and we'll, we'll get a hold of you. How, yeah. how are you going to get a hold of these people? Well, I know there's a lot. You're not going to get them. No. There's a lot in the bill that uh, we haven't seen. Uh, I understand ankle monitors was a part of that for those who were released. So, uh, but the, the point is, unless if we talk, uh, and, and I think we all realize Ukraine and Israel are, are hot topics too, and to, to put the, the lid on that discussion, uh, you know, is, is the southern border uh, going to uh, end up being responsible for a lack of support uh, overseas with our allies? No, because they've got another supplemental that they put together that, that actually the southern border issue has been pulled out of. And I still don't think that you're going to be able to get the, the support in the House of Representatives to, uh, to pass that. Again, because you've got Ukraine. Now it's down to $60 billion, okay? Oh, excuse me. It's down to 90 
<laughs> it's down to 90 billion, of which 60 billion still goes to Ukraine. They still, they still prioritize sending additional money to Ukraine over everything else. And, and so I just don't see that that's going to be moving forward. Matt Rosendale's our guest, and uh, you dashed all off a letter to the VA. That is something I'd like to talk with you about right after this. If you've been dreaming about a spring getaway, consider the Red Lion in Kalispell. Give me 60 seconds and you'll see what I mean. This is Katie Persinger for Glacier Bank, member FDIC. The Red Lion transforms into a New Orleans-like Mardi Gras, February 23rd, 6 to 10 p.m. From lively music to colorful costumes, masks, and beads, you'll be transported to the Big Easy. It's not only for a good time, the gala raises money for the Flathead Food Bank. With the needed funds, they'll be able to expand to be the distribution hub for pantries across northwest Montana. Event ticket information is on the Flathead Food Bank's Facebook page or visit their website at flatheadfoodbank.org. Click events for more details. We think a fun spring getaway right down the road sounds dreamy. Glacier Bank's Community Conversations. Here again is John Hendrick. Our guest is Congressman Matt Rosendale. And uh, Matt, I, we're, we're running out of time here, so I want to really cut to the chase here. You've sent a letter to the VA uh, concerned about DEI. Talk with us about that. Well, um, give me my VEI, D-E-I. my acronyms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oh, D, D as a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, for so long, um, I mean, golly day since I got in, we have seen <laughs> this um, this prioritization on diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, being utilized as a criteria for hiring and or delivering. And the, the, the very agency, is that the one, the letter you're talking about, the very agency that's, that's yeah. uh, charged with, with implementing this has got, and, and also making sure that we have no harassment, that they have completely violated, they have violated their very own code of, of conduct that they're supposed to be implementing and charge, uh, watching over the rest of the um, agencies, okay, and over... The, the VA. So we brought Secretary McDonough in last week and had him before us to, to go over, you know, what the heck is going on once again at the VA. And I, I, I have to give Secretary McDonough credit. I, I tell you, I've, um, over the last several years, even though he's a, a Biden appointee, he and I have been able to establish a strong working relationship where when I raise issues to him that we can discuss them and, and address them. And government works a lot slower than I am accustomed to <laughs> by golly, as you guys know, but by golly, he, he absolutely, he takes all of these things. Um, and, and we start putting a procedure in place on how to address it. And so he has started removing people that were charged with this agency, me, I would like to see it completely defunded. I think that there's enough other regulations uh, in the HR departments in any, in any of our, our uh, bureaucracies that they can implement uh, to make sure that no one is being harassed, to make sure that whistleblowers can actually come out and 
uh, share information and still be protected. There's enough other stuff, enough other uh, rules and procedures in place to, to protect these people. I don't think that we need a separate agency set up just to uh, put those safeguards in place. And so we, we brought him in. And, and again, I, I, I truly believe that Secretary McDonough will uh, begin to implement this, as I've seen him already doing. Is this um, is this kind of like EEO or something, or EOE or whatever they used yeah. to call it? It's, it it sort of is. It sort of is. But, but the, the problem is that they have expanded out um, the the use of it, the implementation of it, if you will, Robin. So, like, we had we had uh, one of my committee members, okay, a uh, Hispanic gentleman, and he says, I'm looking at the, at the records here, and you say that you could not pursue uh, some harassment that took place against one of the employees until you had a, a, a Hispanic uh, male, female. I, I can't remember which gender it was, but of the same gender and, and a, a Hispanic to make sure that it was being looked at by somebody that was of the, you know, the same culture, if you will. Hmm. And he's like, I, I find that quite offensive that, that you're, you're trying to basically cookie cutter everyone and, and cut and dice everybody into these cat- categories so that that's how they, they get identified. And, and that is exactly what we're trying to fight against. <laughs> Matt Rosendale's our guest, and uh, the Gray Wolves are on the way to uh, Maelstrom Air Force Base, and Robin will talk to you about that right after this. How's your day going? All right? Well, it's about to get even better. This is Jolene for Glacier Bank, member FDIC. I have news that will help your life run smoother, more efficiently, and maybe just a little more fun. Glacier Bank's brand new online banking platform has launched. That's right, your better banking experience is here. Go online or download our new Glacier Bank app in the App Store or Google Play Store. This platform is a pleasure to navigate and it securely takes care of your banking needs quickly so you can get back to your day or night. Experience streamlined 24-7 access from your computer, tablet, and smartphone. We know you are going to like it. Glacier Bank's Community Conversations. Here again is Robin Mitchell. Our conversation today with uh, Congressman Matt Rosendale. He's always forthright with us. I look forward to those conversations. You mentioned the office in your uh, that you're in, you can't really talk about your plans. Do you have plans for lunch? <laughs> I guess you're too far away to join us this morning. But uh, let's talk about Maelstrom. Uh, I understand that they've uh, finally got some Gray Wolf helicopters on the way. Exactly, they do. And this is something that they've been uh, waiting for. There's, there's a lot of upgrades going on at Maelstrom right now. And... Uh, I'm really glad to see that. There's a, there's a lot of folks uh, within Congress that will spend a lot of money on defense, but they don't really watch where it goes and, and what happens to it. And, and, and is it being placed in the best spot possible? And so I have always said that we should never, ever use our military as an economic development tool. 
That is the very definition of the military-industrial complex. However, that being said, I absolutely will fight to make sure that we keep weapons and, and the necessary uh, ancillary support system in place here at Malmstrom because the world has gotten more and more dangerous over the last 10 years. And, and those uh, new helicopters are going to give the, uh, the missile systems and the folks that are responsible for the missile systems the additional support that they need to make sure that they are protected. Okay, if you don't have if you don't have the people that are in charge of the missiles protected, then what what good are the missiles, right? And so right now, uh, there's a massive upgrade going on for the missile systems and the silos uh, themselves. But but we need that support system in place as well, and that's why these Gray Wolf helicopters are are so critically important to be based here. And again, when I when I look at at, at the threats that are around the world. I'm not a military expert, but I know the threats have gotten larger, and these missiles and, and the support for them are critically important to make sure that we have that threat uh, against our adversaries in place. I mean, just this week, guys, you, you have uh, the, the – who knows if it's accurate or not. That I can't really say yet, but that the Russians were able to get a nuclear – or they're trying to get a nuclear weapon in space not to attack us but to attack our support systems. And so that, that's what you, you know, have to look at, not, not just the, the weapon system itself, but what is going to be able to give it the ability to function properly. And so that's why I'm really pleased to see those Gray Wolves finally arriving. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And they replaced the Hueys, which yep. have been around for decades. Yeah, <laughs> decades, exactly. all the way back to you know, Vietnam. Yep. They were the yeah, aircraft. They were the go-to aircraft for both uh, gunships and uh, uh, ambulances, air ambulances. Boy, I tell you what, uh, always a pleasure, uh, Matt. And uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll pick another time to talk with you about your future plans. Yeah, you keep us in about the loop. politics. <laughs> yeah, listen, guys, watch this week. There's going to be a lot uh, next week. We go back in. They, as you've seen, they're they're very good at punting. Every NFL team should have a member of Congress because they punt so well. <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding you. So next week is when we start talking about the, the spending issues again. It's going to be really hot topic because Congress still hasn't passed all 12. We've got seven of the appropriation bills over to the Senate, but we cannot continue to, to utilize continuing resolutions to fund government. We must start utilizing the appropriations process uh, the separate appropriation bills so that we can have responsibly funded, transparently funded government. All right. Matt, as always, thank you so much and stay safe. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. It's Glacier Bank's Community Conversations, a service of Glacier Bank, where your checking is totally free. Just about anywhere you are in northwest Montana, you'll find a Glacier Bank office nearby, keeping you connected to your friends and your community, an important part of the mission of Glacier Bank, member FDIC and an equal housing lender.